Ward Worth. A co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. On a Friday morning, it is Friday, February 10th, the Feast of St. Scholastica, the twin sister of St. Benedict. And there's a great story about her regarding a thunderstorm and how she asked God to have something happen so her brother, St. Benedict, would not leave her because they can only get together once a year. And they would meet at a farmhouse in Italy outside of Monte Cassino. And Benedict wanted to get back to the monastery. And they were praying and they would meet once a year and have all these incredible you know, talks and discussions about the Lord. And St. Scholastica had a sense that that was the last time she was going to see her brother. And her brother was getting really nervous and wanted to get back. And she kept saying, please stay. And so as she was asking him to stay, as the story goes, she was praying to the Lord to help her make it not possible for him to leave and all of a sudden the storm breaks out it's a beautiful story you should read about her life and of course the life of the incredible saint benedict and the rules of saint benedict and the town of norcia in umbria is where they were both born and it's a beautiful town still recovering from a major earthquake but if your travels ever find you in that part of italy and umbria it is worth it because you can go see the spot where they were actually born and they're buried at the uh, monastery in monte cassino which of course everything was rebuilt there uh, after World War II because of the bombing, but that's a beautiful place as well. And that's on the border of Lazio and Campania as you go further south in the motherland, as I call it, Italy. So St. Scholastica, pray for us, Scholastica, on this Friday morning, your feast day, February 10th. As far as our show is concerned for today, we have a great lineup. I'm always excited to talk with Doug Keck, our Chief Operating Officer and President. haven't spoken to him since before the March for Life because of all my travels. We are getting very close to Lent, and I'm sure EW10, as always, has terrific tools for us. I also hope to pick Doug's brain about some of these big stories that CNA is breaking, which are really, really important. If you look at the website today, Catholic News Agency, there's some very important stories there about government collusion, investigations of conservatives, and it's very, it's very shocking, but I'm so glad we have these news agencies these Catholic outlets to talk about this because these stories would be otherwise completely ignored or buried by the secular press. And it's so important that we understand what's going on. And I'll be discussing that aspect with Doug, but also bringing up in Fact Check Friday because in Fact Check Friday, I want to concentrate on, speaking of EW10, an amazing journalism conference that they're putting on in conjunction with Steubenville. And that's coming up in March. I'm going to be one of the panelists. I'm very excited. Dr. Matthew Bunsen will be there. Monsi Alvarado, Michael Warsaw. We'll also have Lauren Green from Fox News. And it's going to be about journalism in a post-truth world. So in Fact Check Friday, I'll give you the link, I'll give you the details and whatnot on how to register. It's going to be taking place at the beautiful Bible Museum in D.C., so if you're in that area, if you can get to D.C., if you have students or you know people interested in media, or you just want to learn more about the media, it would be a great thing for you to attend. And we'll put the link also on my Facebook page as well. But in conjunction with mentioning this wonderful seminar that's coming up in March, I also want to mention another example of why it's so important. 
you hear all of these stories, you read all these stories that we're covering for you on our various news outlets about the problems with the secular media and how they continue to occur. And you think about what's happened recently, for example, in Congress this week with Twitter executives testifying and admitting they made mistakes with the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. They only went so far in their admissions, but it did come out that they admitted they made mistakes, and they also admitted that they took payment from the FBI. That's on the record. And so when you see these different social media agencies, these different media outlets, working directly in conjunction or conclusion with the government to suppress stories, what does that say to us about the reliability or lack thereof of the secular media? They are misusing not only their government functions, but the functions of the press. And then this is combined with a report that came out, a survey that was done on media executives. They interviewed 75 media leaders around the country, and they're saying, we're done with objectivity. Well, that's not exactly a news flash, but the fact that they're claiming that objectivity is just no longer necessary, and we are elitists, we know better, and this is what we're going to do, making it sound like there's such a justification for it now, is frightening. Because basically all you're going to have now are reporters literally doing op-eds as news stories or nothing but confirmation bias in their reporting consistently. There's no other way around it. And this is one of the reasons that we stress the importance of having outlets such as The Register and EW10 News Nightly and The World Over and Catholic News Agency and EW10 News In Depth. It's not because we just like promoting ourselves. I mean, obviously we want you to follow us, but there is a need for these outlets, a great need, especially with everything we saw just this week. And we'll talk about that in the news as well. So we have Doug coming up at 9.15. Again, Fact Check Friday at 28 minutes past the hour. And then wrapping up with Father Patrick Briscoe, being that we're moving into Lent, he's offering us a great tool on how to get closer to the Lord and, of course, a one holy Catholic apostolic faith in terms of Lenten and our Lenten practices. Okay, how about the weather? What are we looking at this weekend? A strong storm crossing Quebec will continue. Areas of heavy snow, wintry mix, and gusty winds in the northeastern part of the country today. Heavy rain possible over the southeast into parts of the mid-Atlantic this weekend. And some snow may be possible in the southern Appalachians. But overall, not too bad. Right now, already six minutes past the hour, a ton of news to get through, especially more developments in Turkey and Syria with the devastation from the earthquake. The death toll from that massive earthquake earlier this week in Turkey and Syria, if you can believe it, the number is now above 21,000. Reporter Gabe Gutierrez is reporting on the rescue efforts that are not over, but he says the window is closing. This couple's grandson is among the missing, believed to be trapped when his home collapsed. What are you most praying for today? We pray for patience, he says. The quake was a magnitude 7.8. Logistical problems blocked roads and poor communication, complicating rescue efforts, and along with the sheer size of the disaster, adding to the problems. USAID team leader Steve Allen, one of the two U.S. search and rescue teams on the ground in Turkey. People are really trying to help. They're, they're doing amazing things, uh, but it is, it is chaotic. Turkey's foreign minister noting dozens of nations and international organizations have stepped up to provide aid. Meanwhile, the church is one of them, Pope Francis renewing the Catholic Church's support for people suffering in Turkey and Syria. Devin Watkins has an update. 
Now is the time for compassion and solidarity. Let us unite in our sorrow to help those who suffer in Turkey and Syria. May we build peace and fraternity in our world. Pope Francis tweeted those words of support on Thursday for the tens of thousands of people whose lives have been lost or overturned by a pair of catastrophic earthquakes in southeastern Turkey. The Pope's expressions of closeness in recent days have been backed up by numerous humanitarian responses on the part of the Catholic Church. Caritas Anatolia, the Church's local humanitarian outfit, is on the front lines in receiving and distributing aid to assist thousands of people left without a safe roof over their heads. Jesuit Father Antoine Irgit, the Vicar Delegate of the Apostolic Vicariate of Anatolia, spoke to Vatican Radio about the Church's humanitarian outreach from the southern Turkish city of Iskanderun, near the border with Syria. Father Irgit said Caritas has been handing out hot meals to local residents without distinction, as the bishops send aid which the Church distributes to people of all faiths. The Catholic Cathedral of Iskanderun was completely destroyed by the violent tremors. Yet the church has thrown open its doors to welcome people in need. Around a hundred people of all faiths have found refuge here because we have a large courtyard where we offer assistance, said Father Ilgit. The Apostolic Vicariate of Anatolia covers around half of Turkey's landmass, large parts of which were affected by the earthquakes. In other news this morning, the Catholic News Agency reporting the FBI says it's retracting a leaked document published on the Internet this week that appears to reveal... The Bureau's Richmond Division launched an investigation into what they called radical traditionalist Catholics and their possible ties to far-right white nationalist movements. In response to an inquiry from Catholic News Agency, the FBI is saying it will now remove the document because it does not meet their exacting standards. The document, published on the website Uncover DC and is titled Internet of Racially or Ethnically Motivated interest of racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and radical traditionalist Catholic ideology, almost certainly presenting new mitigation opportunities. The document singling out Catholics interested in the traditional Latin Mass as potentially linked to violent extremist groups. The FBI's National Press Office again confirming to Catholic News Agency the document came from the Richmond office but stated it will remove the document from the FBI systems. A House panel, meanwhile, investigating the weaponization of the government, holding its first hearing yesterday. The subcommittee established to look into claims the DOJ, the FBI, and other federal agencies are targeting conservatives. Americans have concerns about the double standard at the Department of Justice. Americans have concerns about the disinformation governance board that the Department of Homeland Security tried to form. Committee Chair Jim Jordan of Ohio laying out several instances of FBI whistleblowers describing how the Department of Justice is indeed targeting conservatives. In my time in Congress, I have never seen anything like this. Dozens and dozens of whistleblowers, FBI agents coming to us, talking about what's going on, the political nature at the Justice Department. Among other things, as Catholic News Agency reports today, the subcommittee expected to investigate the FBI's use of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act to target and arrest pro-life activists, in addition to the government's investigations that may have been influenced by political considerations. Meanwhile, former agent Nicole Parker delivering an emotional testimony before that House subcommittee yesterday, telling lawmakers she had resigned from the Bureau after it had become politically weaponized. As I prayed about this invitation, sorry, the thought came to me. To whom much is given, much is required, and I realize that this is not about me. 
I've been given the opportunity to speak up on behalf of numerous current and former Bureau employees who feel similarly, but they do not have a voice. I am not here today to show favor to any political party. I am here to stand for the truth based on my experience at the FBI. In all humility, I hope to make an impact in creating a stronger agency, which is what Americans deserve. The investigation is also looking into direct agency actions as well as coordination with social media companies such as Twitter and others as well as other businesses. Multiple reports say the Chinese spy balloon that flew over the U.S. could collect communication signals and was part of a broader spying operation. That balloon reportedly was equipped with antennas and solar panels large enough to power sensors. Photos taken by high-altitude U-2 planes confirming the presence of the equipment, the U.S. fighter jet shooting it down off the coast of South Carolina last weekend. Russian oversight unleashed over, Russia overnight unleashing the most intense round of missile strikes since it began invading Ukraine nearly a year ago. Reporter Richard Engel is on the ground in a small Ukrainian town where remaining civilians are now under siege. They're keeping their spirits up, but the people of Chasivyar are reaching a breaking point. Russian troops are less than three miles away, and they're closing in. The attacks following warnings by a Ukrainian military official estimating that Russia has a total of nearly 10,000 tanks, armored vehicles, rocket launchers, fighter jets, helicopters, and artillery systems ready for a huge new invasion. Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman remaining in a Washington, D.C. hospital two days after he reportedly was feeling lightheaded. The first-term Democrat spokesman said Thursday doctors have ruled out him having a second stroke. Fetterman spent the day at a retreat at the Library of Congress on Wednesday when he felt lightheaded. He then decided to get checked in at George Washington University Hospital. The 53-year-old suffered a near-fatal stroke, and that happened last year. Well, wrapping up our news coverage this morning, that Lombardi Trophy on the line when Super Bowl 57 kicks off on Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs will square off with the Philadelphia Eagles in Glendale, Arizona. The Chiefs are back in the big game for the third time in the last four years will be seeking their second Super Bowl title. The Eagles earning their first appearance in the big game since winning their lone Super Bowl championship following the 2017 season. And Trey Thomas tells us, speaking of the Super Bowl for the first time ever, the military flyover during the start of the game will have all female pilots. The historic female flyover will be in honor of 50 years of women in U.S. naval aviation. The first female aviators were accepted into the Navy in 1973. The Arizona Republic says all the pilots in Sunday's flyover are well practiced in flying in formation and will fly over State Farm Stadium during the singing of the national anthem. Doug Keck joins us up next on a Friday morning, your inside word of what's happening at the network to make sure you can jot it down in your calendar so you don't miss a thing. He joins us up next on a Friday morning. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for almost 20 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company, and it sent millions of dollars to thousands of pro-life charities. 5G coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price 
goes to your favorite pro-life charity. Live chat and a video introduction are available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile. Everyday living. Effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. When an emergency occurs, every moment counts. And worrying about legal documents or HIPAA blocking you from helping those you care about most should be the last thing on your mind. My Life Angels empowers families to protect their life-affirming health care wishes with instant access to their legal protective documents and key emergency medical information. Plus, you'll have peace of mind knowing you will be alerted the moment your loved one enters an emergency room. MyLifeAngels.com. Use Ave 20 and get 20% off your subscription. We are the pro-life generation, passionate about building the culture of life in our health care and in our nation. But not all health care options are equally pro-life, and some provide morally objectionable procedures. CMF Curo is different. CMF Curo is a pro-life Catholic health care ministry, providing a pathway for its members to build the culture of life in their health care choices, not destroy it. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthCare.com. minutes past the hour. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. People think sometimes that we're, you know, talking too much about media bias and problems with the media and the way the media are trying to influence us and working with uh, certain entities in the government. But you see the stories this morning, Doug, and thanks for joining us on Catholic News Agency. Thank the Lord we have these outlets to bring this forward because it would be buried or completely ignored, as I mentioned earlier. Absolutely. And, and of course, the story that jumped out, I think, at everybody and we were talking offline about was the, uh, the radical Catholics like us apparently are a major threat to the country, mm-hmm. according to that particular document coming out of uh, the FBI in office in Richmond. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, one of these things where uh, it's, it's out there, it's being utilized, uh, they're, they're encouraging infiltration of these groups. Uh, I guess we'd encourage as many people to go to mass as possible. So right. in some ways, that would be a good thing. Maybe they maybe they we'll change their hearts. Right? <laughs> they change their hearts. But you know, it's the kind of ludicrousness that this goes on. It's it's so incongruous and so ridiculous. It's hard to believe. Right. And people don't want to believe it. And then, unfortunately, every time it gets shown to be true, then they just go and say, "Oh well, that was a mistake," and "No, that shouldn't have been there." And the only you know, reason they're pulling so. this thing is because they got caught. That's it. That is it. Absolutely, absolutely. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Unfortunately, there has been, uh, I think, clearly uh, post 9/11. Uh, I think there were some good intentions about protecting the homeland that apparently mm-hmm. have been highly politicized uh, and have, have turned basically this uh, wonderful group of law people, at least at the top from a political perspective. Uh, into more of a you know kind of like with the Stasi uh, of East Germany or the you know the KGB ish kind of thing. I mean that's extreme, but kind of where you know people are being targeted because they disagree with the government's position on something, which what we all thought was part of the great ability of being an American and having a constitution that allowed you to think freely and speak freely. Uh, about things because you're free to do that and, and you could disagree with the government and right. you could vote to get people out and you could say that I don't like the president without having somebody show up at your door saying that you're a radical uh, terrorist or a white nationalist or a Christian nationalist not even white nationalist it's Christian nationalist so mm-hmm. 
So now it's, uh, you know, we've gone from the KKK to anybody who's a Christian who believes in traditional moral values is basically a moral member of the KKK. Mm-hmm. And we're a threat. We're a threat. So we're all sitting Absolutely. in the back of the churches planning to take over the government or something. That's what they think. Yeah. Yeah, theocracy. As opposed, to doing, the, as opposed to doing the rosary or, you know, having right. That's a, what we want, a theocracy. Or, yeah. 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 We've had one in the, you know, up in the 1950s, it was a theocracy. And, oh, that's right, it wasn't. Uh, and nobody's looking for anything like that. It's just straw men. They put it up all the time to defend these ludicrous positions like... Uh, the transgender surgeries, which they attack everybody if you think maybe this isn't a good idea. You know, I'm not saying it's not a good idea one way or the other. I'm not a doctor, but I certainly think we need to, uh, personally I do, but professionally and I have to say, well, but I think at least we should think about it. You know, I go back to the thing with the transgender thing. Uh, Matt Walsh was testifying uh, in front in Tennessee recently. Mm-hmm. But the idea of even like when Father Spitzer, and you talked about with him, about exorcisms when somebody comes and says i'm possessed the first thing the church doesn't do is go okay let's get you on an exorcism program Mm -hmm. it's like no let's go through all the other reasons you might be having difficulties to make sure that this really is the cause of your dilemma and it should be the same thing with these other people not the first time i think well maybe i'd rather be a girl or i kind of associate with that or i feel like i'm interested in more of those things oh great come right in here let's get you on some puberty blockers and make sure that uh, yeah that nobody's blocking you from uh, you know reaching your t- total goals and we're getting all of those people now you know a lot of remorse it's kind of like yep. silent no more for uh, you know for, mm-hmm. yeah well, mm-hmm. for abortion now we're getting it in the early days of people who have been through this system and felt like they were abused yeah so we're looking at this and all everything we just talked about and that's why the timing of the conference that you're doing along with Franciscan journalism in a post-truth world which is coming up March 10th and 11 is right. so so important so so listen to this and I sent this to um, dr. Matthew Bunsen as we were discussing the the conference have you seen this story that came out recently where media were surveyed about objectivity? And you know what they're saying about objectivity? Here's a headline. This is a headline of the study from the mm-hmm. Night Concrete News Lab, and you can check this out at concretenewslab.com. How to produce trustworthy news without objectivity. That's their headline of this survey. Right, yeah, mutually exclusive concepts. Uh, it's it's just <laughs> mind-boggling. So now what you're going to have is you're going to have reporters doing nothing more than op-eds or... Sure giving their views and going out and doing confirmation bias to find people that agree with their views. That's all they're doing, and they're trying to justify it. And this is why what we do is so crucial, including conferences like the one coming up in March. Right, absolutely. And, well, we've seen uh, the the media be co-opted. How many of these media organizations, well, it was FTX pouring money into these groups so that they wouldn't say Mm -hmm. anything bad about his crypto company or these other groups that are getting funded and money coming from, uh, you know, Soros-backed or dark money in different places that impacts people's and people are thinking, oh, this is a group that really is trying to do it in the middle. And it's not. And and it misleads people. And the other thing, it's it, it's even simpler than that. It's the blackout. It's like right. whether it's the Hunter Biden laptop or the document story about Joe Biden. You know, look at the coverage that's out there beyond uh, the Internet or Fox News or somebody like that. You know, the, the major network news is a joke. They don't mm-hmm. even 
refer to it. It's the reason why so many wonderful people, even people who listen to this radio show and love EWTN and Mother Angelica, when you talk about these things, they're like, what are you talking about? I right. never heard about this. Or, mm -hmm. uh, or no, that's not how it was explained to me. And you look at the coverage, and it's not existent. It's not even that they spin it wrong. They just don't, don't spin cover. it at all. Oh, what right. about even the March for Life that we cover right. every year? It's, it's still, you know, without... And they'll say, well, a few thousand showed up in Washington. Someone right. came Remember up to that? me. Yeah. Well, someone came up to me after Mass when I got back from the March for Life this year. And she said, okay, how many people were really there? I said, look, they don't give us a count. But I know from being there year after year. And, and, and one of the stories I did mm -hmm. when I was talking to Tracy, I had my photographer, my videographer, pan over to the people coming from the, um, the mall, the Washington Mall, because it was like this massive crowd of right. people. And I said, it, it is, I think, in my own estimate, it's probably a couple hundred thousand. I'm, I'm right. not the expert counting. But this happened. And this is why, this is why we have to talk about this and why we need these, these news entities. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's why we had that high shot. We we went for that so long to be able to get that shot of the right. march, that giant shot of the march. And also, there was a story years ago. I think it was a Washington Post guy or something, and and he had always heard that you know they have this uh, march, but nobody ever goes, and it's hardly a bunch of people, and it's a bunch of old people, and they're all cranky. So he decided to walk down this, you know, a few blocks from wherever his office was and take a look, and he couldn't believe. How many people were there? And he's like, we're reporting this like there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, 100,000 plus people there marching, most of them young. Mm -hmm. And what about the time that story came out? Remember the one they put it out early? They had already written the story right. about yeah. the March for Life yeah. and posted yeah. it early before the march even happened. Yeah, yeah. It's not about reality. It's about their reality and what they want you to think. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Right. So quickly have about a minute. Go ahead and give us some promos. Well, I think up. people, EW10.com, check Check out all the wonderful program we have for Lords uh, today and tomorrow over the weekend, and then we roll into uh, the honoring of St. Valentine's Day and marriage and all of those through all of our great programs at EW10.com. You miss any of them, go to our on-demand page or YouTube channel. There you go, and we'll talk more about uh, Lent next Friday. Doug, thanks so much. Great Thank to have you. you on, as always. We'll be right back. More about the really great conference EW10 is doing, journalism in a post-truth world. Big, big, big important conference. At first, it felt like a relief. I thought I would forget about it with time. I was not prepared to accept the responsibility. Then things changed. I felt anger, and things started going wrong everywhere. The depression wouldn't let me be who I used to be. Are you a man suffering due to a loss from an abortion decision? You are not alone. There are people who can help at projectjosephdallas.org. I realized I had lost my child. I felt like I couldn't be forgiven. Now it's been years and years of this. Don't suffer alone. Visit projectjosephdallas.org. A message from Project Joseph of Dallas, a ministry for men who have suffered the experience of abortion. 
Hike for Life Texas has been helping moms and saving babies since 1973. We are Texas's oldest pro-life event. The Hike for Life is a pro-life walk held in various locations around Texas to help women in crisis or unplanned pregnancies who have chosen to carry their babies to full term. The next Hike for Life takes place on Saturday, February 18th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Heritage Park Amphitheater on Santa Fe in Weatherford. The event includes a pro-life rally, food, speakers, and a march. Visit hikeforlifetexas.com to register. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Catholic Connection. It's a Friday morning, Fact Check Friday, something I've been doing for a couple of years since the uh, election, trying to help you sort through news, determining fact versus fiction, and it's getting increasingly difficult. That's why, as Doug and I were talking just a minute ago, I'm so grateful for all the news outlets we have within the EWTN network that help you do just that. And, of course, we know the Catholic Church has a fullness of truth, and everything goes back to God, and I think we do a really good job, again, of helping you discern the media properly, which is so, so important, which is why EWTN, in conjunction with Steubenville and their communications and journalism program, is putting on a fantastic conference coming up in March. Okay, It is entitled Journalism in a Post-Truth World. Okay, really, really important. And you may see advertisements for it, for example, on our website, such as ncregister.com and catholicnewsagency.com. But here are among the questions that are going to be raised. And the key question, how can journalists committed to truth thrive in a polarized world drowning in propaganda and hostility? That is a key question and so crucial, so important right now. It's going to be at the Bible Museum in D.C., March 10th and 11th, and it's co-sponsored by EWTN News and Franciscan University of Steubenville. We'll discuss the state of modern journalism, challenges of media ethics bias, and covering the Catholic Church. A number of journalists, including myself and experts in the field of journalism and digital media, will equip participants with new insights and strategies for their daily battle against threats to freedom of speech from a cancel culture, political and ideological biases in the mainstream media's hostility to people of faith. There's a great quote in the press release from our chair of the board and CEO, Michael Warsaw. No question that we live in a post-truth era, a time when objective facts are less important in shaping public opinion than emotions or feelings. And the field of journalism is both on the front lines of this new phenomenon and also an active participant in its spread across modern culture. EWTN News is pleased to partner with Franciscan in presenting this conference. Hope the event will spark conversation among media and journalistic professionals in how to understand the post-truth era better and work to restore badly needed principles of journalism. So I want to go back to Michael's, the first part of his quote. A time when objective facts are less important in shaping public opinion than emotions or feelings. This is key, and this press release was written and issued weeks and weeks before this new survey came out. Do you talk about providential? You talk about God's timing and the Holy Spirit working here. So listen to this 
survey, and I mentioned this in the segment with Doug, right, just a few minutes ago, in terms of what's happening now in the world with media. We see this study that came out, or how shall we say this survey that was done of major news outlets regarding how they feel about objectivity. Major news outlets say they're ditching objectivity in the name, quote-unquote, of diversity. And this is an article from the Daily Caller. Leaders of prominent news organizations are ignoring journalistic objectivity, claiming it's antithetical to a diversity of views in their newsrooms, according to a series of interviews conducted by two journalism scholars. The former executive editor for the Washington Post, Leonard Downey Jr., and former CBS News president, Angel Hayward, actually led this study, okay? And they interviewed over 75 media leaders to gauge how the industry views the concept of objectivity. The media figures argued that journalists should include their own beliefs, biases, and experiences to convey truth, and that journalistic objectivity was either unrealistic or undesirable. (laughs) And again, what did Michael Warsaw say in his statement? I mean, it's an amazing statement about the fact that this is exactly what's happening. And as I mentioned, the headline of this report on the survey that was done by Knight Concrete, Concrete News Lab, how to produce trustworthy news without objectivity. It's not possible. In my first book, Noise, I talk about how, okay, in a certain sense, there's no such thing as 100% objectivity. Now, let me explain this. And this is what they're trying to build upon and make it sound like that means we have to throw out objectivity altogether, which is just wrong. Anyway, So as human beings, we always bring our own life experiences to the table, right? And it it basically colors our glasses in the way we view the world. So every morning in every newsroom across the country, around the world, they have what's called their, their news meeting, right? They get together, they look at the stories of the day coming up, they look at what's in the futures file, okay, is there a court case coming up, is there a press conference of the mayor or the city council person? And they add their thoughts and opinions, and this usually is the assignment editor, the executive producer, the news director, or in the case of a newspaper, the city editor, uh, the um, you know again the assignment editor at the at the newspaper, and probably someone from an executive staff member. And they talk about ideas, and oftentimes people will say, "Well, gosh, you know, I just bought a house, and I think we need to look at mortgages. They can do some stories on uh, home remodeling and how it's so costly." Or I can remember, and I wrote about this in again in my book Noise where I had an executive producer who came back after maternity leave and was very interested in stories on working moms. That's fine. We throw ideas out there. We sift through them. But then when you go out to actually cover a story, it is your responsibility not to reflect just how you feel, but what other people are seeing and their experiences as well. That's why you get other sides of the story. If you don't do that, what you have are nothing more than 24-7 op-eds that are masquerading as news pieces, or you get nothing but confirmation bias. Now, it's one thing if you say you're doing an op-ed, an opinion editorial piece. It's another thing to say that it's a news story. I believe something, and therefore I'm only going to go out and find people that believe the same way to confirm what I believe or what I think or my agenda. That's confirmation bias, and it happens all the time. And now 
with this latest report, they are justifying it to the nth degree. And these aren't just young people just starting out in the business who may have been brainwashed at a liberal college. These are news executives who are throwing aside everything that is basic, claiming that the people who came up with these ideas were all sexist and racist. So the person who sent me that original study that came out regarding news outlets and objectivity is a good friend of mine. He's part of this group that Vanessa Denhauer Garmo and I meet with on a regular basis, two of our good friends who are still in the secondary media, one of whom works at a big publication. He's an award-winning investigative reporter, solid Catholic, struggling to hang on to his sanity in being in the news business. So we have this, this news, this email chain that we, you know, talk to each other on and we meet every once in a while for lunch, kind of to help each other through this, all these craziness in the media. And I think his quote is perfect. He said, the generation of activists incapable of objective reporting. They are narcissists of the social media era. who cannot keep themselves out of their work. Trying to be objective triggers them. They will ultimately kill the entire industry through their lack of objectivity but they are too deep in their own navels to see it happening. These are the same people who tell us that democracy depends on journalism. It does depend on real journalism, but that's not what these folks produce. Amen, underline, explanation point. Check out Journalism in a Post-Truth World coming up March 10th through 11th. You can find out about it at franciscan.edu. Also, EWTN News, and on all of our news outlets, CatholicNewsAgency.com and the National Catholic Register, March 10th through the 11th. Boy, is this needed right now. God's timing, always perfect. We'll be right back. Do you own a Catholic business or apostolate and would you like some additional promotion through the radio? Hi, this is Dave Palmer. It is car raffle season and that means we are heading out and about a lot in January and February doing live remote broadcasts from Catholic apostolates and Catholic-owned restaurants and businesses. If you'd like us to broadcast live from your place of business, just let me know and we can work out the details. Email Palmer at grnonline.com ASAP. That's Palmer at grnonline.com. Thank you for your support of Catholic Radio here in North Texas. The Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Little Elm Eye Care for their support of local Catholic radio. Little Elm Eye Care is owned by Drs. Burt and Leslie Bubella, parishioners of St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. They specialize in family vision care, comprehensive eye exams, contact lenses, and the treatment of eye diseases and injuries. Little Elm Eye Care is located at 1200 East El Dorado Parkway, Suite 100, across from the Little Elm Athletic Complex. They can be reached by calling 972-2920-900 or on the web at littleelmeyecare.com. We can't accept this colored priest. But the Catholic Church deplores double slavery, that of the mind and that of the body. You ain't nothing but a troublemaker. I was a poor slave boy, but the priests of the church did not disdain me. We want no totems in this place. I shall work at it and pull at it as long as God gives me life. Get out of Quincy, go elsewhere, get... May I never give up. Learn more at toltendrama.com. Hi, it's Trent Horn, host of the Council of Trent podcast. Come join me and my fellow apologetics fans at a trivia competition March 25th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Texas Room in Carrollton. I'll be hosting and you'll be answering. Buy your tickets at rcahybrid.org forward slash Dallas dash Texas. 
That's rcahybrid.org forward slash Dallas dash Texas. Dinner, drinks, prizes, and more all in support of Regina Chaley Academy. From the archives, this, this is the wisdom of Mother Angelica. Is your life so fast that you cannot see a sunrise or sunset or pass one of these places in the country that have all kinds of little flowers? Have you ever stopped and God just walked through them and said, our God is wonderful? So you're so caught up in gadgets. Rush, 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 rush. And you're living and you're not living. And you're getting older, but you won't admit it. I have a real problem with somebody to how old are you? They say, but I don't talk about my age. Well, if you let me guess, it's going to be worse. <laughs> Isn't it? For more about Mother Angelica, visit EWTNRC.com. Catholic Connection on a Friday morning. We're trying to get Father Pat Briscoe. It's live radio. He is not answering his phone. We will keep trying. In the meantime, I just want to remind you to please check out all of our great resources at EWTN News and EWTN News Nightly, The Register, and of course, Catholic News Agency and In Depth and Pro Life Weekly and the world over. You have many, many, many fantastic, solid choices from which to choose and to get real journalism. And I mean that very, very sincerely. And I'm speaking from someone who is in newsrooms, has been in newsrooms my entire life, 20 years of them spent in the secular media. And that's why I'm so honored to be a part of this journalism conference. And I'm telling you, if you have a student in high school or college interested in journalism, get them to D.C. Go with them as well to hear the state of our industry. There are going to be so many great speakers, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, Monsi Alvarado, Michael Warsaw is going to be speaking, the president of Steubenville is going to be speaking. We've got Terry Manningly from Get Religion, which is an awesome website that takes a look away the media cover religion. and how <laughs> It's just comical sometimes. You have to laugh or else you'll cry. And I think Lauren Green from Fox News is going to be there. I'm going to be talking about faith and reporting. And it's going to be at the amazing Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. That is a beautiful, beautiful place. And I had the opportunity to do a tour last year. Uh, and it was phenomenal. And you need to go back two or three times to see everything there. And I know that we have a really good relationship at EWTM with the folks at the Bible Museum. So this is going to be pretty exciting because you can also, in addition, obviously, to attending this two-day conference, which is March 10th and 11th in D.C., you also have the opportunity then to do a tour of the fantastic Bible Museum. So check it out. All the resources can be found at uh, any of our outlets. Uh, you'll see the advertisements and the links on the National Catholic Register site as well as Catholic News Agency and also, as I mentioned, through Franciscan University of Steubenville. So no Father Patrick, so I wanted to talk to you about our saints. You know that I love our saints. And Saint Scholastica, I mentioned a little bit about her at the top of the hour. It's her feast day today, and she is the twin sister of Saint Benedict. And they were both born in the beautiful, as I mentioned earlier, Umbrian town of Norcia. And the story goes about St. Scholastica that she was with her brother. They would get together about once a year, and they would pray together. They'd have these wonderful talks, because Benedict really obviously left the monastery. They'd have these wonderful talks and these wonderful prayer sessions. But she did not want him to leave this one night because... 
she felt that uh, there was something going on that she might not see him again. And so she asked the Lord to intervene. So we've got this great clip from Franciscan Media. And actually it's voiced over by uh, Brian Patrick, of course, now retired from EWTN. But I think you'll enjoy this story, her story of her life, and what it meant to her to be with her brother. And I'm also going to share with you a special story related to St. Scholastica and Italy and another rainstorm. So here is a little summary of this great saint's life from our friends at Franciscan Media. Take a listen. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 10th. Today we celebrate Saint Scholastica. Twin Scholastica and her brother Benedict were born in Italy in 480. Little is known of their early life, though we do know that brother and sister were separated when Benedict left home to study in Rome. Years later, when Benedict established a monastery at Monte Cassino, Scholastica used his rule to found a religious community for women five miles away. The two visited each other annually. Because women were not permitted inside the monastery, a nearby farmhouse became their meeting place. There, brother and sister would spend hours praying and discussing spiritual matters. Around the year 542, they had their final meeting. Sensing her death was close at hand, Scholastica begged Benedict to stay with her until the next day. He protested that he couldn't spend a night outside the monastery without violating his community's rules, but a severe thunderstorm broke out and prevented him from leaving. Scholastica considered it God's answer to her prayer. Brother and sister parted the next morning. Three days later, Scholastica died. She was buried in the tomb Benedict had prepared for himself. So here's a quote from St. Scholastica. I asked you and you would not listen, so I asked my God and he did listen. St. Scholastica talking to her brother about bringing on a storm, The, uh, of course, her God bringing on a storm, our God bringing on a storm for her to keep her brother there so they could have more time together. And as you just heard, she died a few days after that meeting with her brother. So we had a very interesting experience, and I really think it was a godsidence, as I like to call them, with St. Scholastica several years ago when Kelly Walquist of Wine, Women in the New Evangelization, and I were doing our first what we call Wine and Shrine pilgrimage. We've got another one coming up in October, by the way, if you're interested. But we were going, we were staying in Assisi. That was our first stop, was in Assisi. And we did a day trip to Norcia to have Mass at the Benedictine Monastery there, which is built on the site of where St. Scholastica and St. Benedict were born. They came from a very wealthy, uh, well-to-do Italian family, as you just heard in that little summary of her life. And it was just one of those absolutely gorgeous days. It was early summer. It was Kelly Walquist's birthday, as a matter of fact. And we thought it was kind of neat that we were going to this special place on her birthday. And it was so beautiful that Kelly and I were actually sitting in the front of the bus. And the trip to Norcia in Umbria from Assisi is about eh, maybe half hour or so. But you have to go on these beautiful back roads. And so you're going up and down and by these little streams and these little parks and these beautiful little houses up in the hills. And at one point, we both looked at each other, and we had been crying because we were so moved by the natural beauty of that area. And so we get to stunning Norcha. And as you know, Norcha suffered uh, devastatingly from an earthquake a few years ago, and they're still rebuilding. But at that time, we made it, it was about a year, I think, before the actual earthquake. And we were very, very much welcomed by the Benedictine monks, many of whom are from America. Uh, who are there and who take care of the monastery and the church there and give you a little tour of the actual site of, of, of the birth of Benedict and Scholastica. So we went to Mass first, 
No, actually, before that, we took a picture in the piazza because there's a big statue of St. Benedict. Now, why they don't have a statue of St. Scholastica along with St. Benedict in the middle of the town, I don't know, but the statue was of St. Benedict. So we all stood under the statue of this beautiful group photo, and I can remember looking at the picture right after we were done and saying, gosh, look at the sky. The sky was so very blue. And brothers and sisters, there was not one cloud in the sky on this day. And we were just having a great time, and so we went to Mass, beautiful Mass, went downstairs, had a little introduction from the monks, and then we went to, they took us to their store. They have a little brewery there. You can get their their homemade beer, and it's kind of fun. And it was getting to be a little bit late, and our escort, Isabella, said, ladies, remember we have our lunch. We obviously work in meals and whatnot for our pilgrims. And we had no idea what was going on outside. This was, again, such a beautiful, beautiful early summer day. No clouds in the sky, absolutely gorgeous. And for whatever reason, I had kind of forgotten about the story of St. Scholastica, even though I knew it well and had heard it so many times. I wasn't thinking about that at the time. And so we got our little trinkets and you know some other religious items, and we walked out, and we had to head across the piazza to a restaurant for lunch that was still right in the heart of town. And literally, when we stepped outside, I kid you not, the skies opened up, and it began to... And I'm not just saying drizzle a little bit i'm saying the storm that saint scholastica describes or that's described about that final time she had with her brother it was so similar that kelly and i looked at each other and said saint scholastica she's saying hello we ran across the piazza the rain coming down almost the rain the size of hail and made it to the restaurant, but it was one of these really huge, major, sudden downpours that came out of nowhere. And I thought about that for a long time afterward. And I think, I truly believe in the intercession of the saints. I hope you do too. The catechism is very clear about this. And I actually wrote a book about the saints, girlfriends and other saints, my companions on my journey of faith, that they are always reaching out to us. And I think Scholastica was just saying, hey ladies, it's your sister here up in heaven. And it was just so spontaneous. It wasn't like we were going out and they were saying, we were telling the pilgrims, which we often do, hey, bring your rain jacket, bring your umbrella. They're talking about rain today. I think some of us had an umbrella just because we stuck it in our bag, but nobody expected rain that day. It was that clear, that sunny, that gorgeous of a day in the Italian countryside. But there was St. Scholastica saying hello to us. Some people might call it a coincidence. I don't. I call it a godsidence. I asked you, and you would not listen, she said to her brother. So I asked my God, and he did listen. St. Scholastica, pray for us. It's 50 minutes past the hour. Let's take a quick break, and we'll tell you what's coming up next week on another week of Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Stay tuned. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? 
Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. I'm angry, frustrated. Sound like you? Someone you know? Well, it could be any of us from time to time. But there's different types of anger. It's not so cut and dry. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Ray. One thing is for sure, you don't need to suffer with anger frustration. In my book, Living Calm, Mastering Anger and Frustration, you'll learn whether your anger is a product of your nature or your nurture and how to regulate those emotions and those thoughts. You can get Living Calm and all my other books at AveMariaRadio.net. Steve Ray here with a Holy Land pilgrimage update. Israel's now open again and has removed all vaccine requirements. Our brand new buses and Catholic guide are ready to welcome you. Check out our upcoming pilgrimages to the biblical lands of Israel and Jordan. Pray every mystery of the rosary where it happened and walk in the footprints of Mary and Jesus and let us be your guides. To learn more about your Ave Maria Radio trip, find the Ave Maria Radio travel tab at AveMariaRadio.net. Our family had been going through a crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome back. It is a Friday morning, almost 53 minutes past the hour. Hope you're having a great day. Wishing you a blessed and a peaceful weekend as we move closer to Lent. I did want to mention that if you didn't catch the link for the journalism in a post-truth world, it's right on the homepage of franciscan.edu. So you can just scroll down, go to franciscan.edu, and just scroll down almost to the bottom of the page, and it's right there. There's a link for it. And you'll have all the information. Again, this is coming up the weekend of March 10th and 11th. And it's going to be held at the amazing, amazing Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. You can also find links for it, of course, at the National Catholic Register and at Catholic News Agency. We're advertising it all over the place with links to it on our various sites. And I would encourage you, if you know someone who is in journalism or thinking about studying journalism, to look at attending this. You can also attend it online as well, but I think it's really great, especially for young people who are studying journalism, to professionally meet and shake hands with journalists who've been there, done that, because it can give you, I think, encouragement. And in addition to hearing really good talks, and there's going to be a lot of time for interaction at this event, because each of us are only doing short presentations. We're going to do about 20 minutes max, and we're going to allow the students and the attendees to ask a lot of questions, which is huge. So I think it's just a, a different dynamic. I understand maybe if, if the students can't take off of school or whatnot that they may need to do this online. But I would really recommend if they can get there to encourage them to go because it's so important, again, to make those contacts and to talk to real people who've worked in the industry uh, for a long time. So, again, that's coming up the weekend of March 10th and 11th, and I'm so excited about this, especially with the lineup of speakers. It's quite phenomenal. All right, so coming up next week, I'm also thrilled with our lineup. A lot of interesting stories. You heard Doug and I talking about the reports from the Catholic News Agency about the FBI 
pulling this document that was claiming that they were investigating, and they were, or at least they were looking at doing this, this is out of the Richmond, Virginia office, that they were looking at traditional Catholics as a threat. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but as a threat to the country, as a threat to the government. And all of a sudden, when Catholic News Agency calls them out on it, oh, well, we're pulling that because it's just not up to our standards. Yeah, they got caught. That's the only reason they're pulling it. And if they're pulling it, however, does that mean they're still not going to do that type of activity? I don't believe that for a second. Among those named in the document, our friend Rob Muse from the American Freedom Law Center. He's going to be with us on Monday along with Gail Buckley. So don't tell me that, oh, well, this was really no big deal. We just, this is just something, it's, it's not, you know, it's not up to our standards, so we're going to pull it from all of our records. Why did they produce such a document in the first place? Because the climate is there. How could anyone get away with putting something in writing, talking about targeting a a specific group of people within the Catholic Church, if they don't believe that that's an issue that needs to be addressed within the system? So don't tell me there still isn't that attitude that, okay, we'll throw out this document because we got called on the carpet for it, but we're still going to do it. Don't believe it. All right. Also next week, excited to have my friend, media personality Chuck Gatica from Southeastern Michigan on to talk about heart health because it's Healthy Heart Month. Joan Lewis on a Wednesday. And then we are starting a very new, exciting segment with one of our own, and we'll tell you about that on Monday. Have a great weekend. Ciao, ciao. See you on Monday. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, it's your conscience here again. You know you want it. I'm talking, of course, about the 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. And on Friday, February 24th, it could be all yours if your name is drawn. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 each or 5 for 100 So what are you waiting for? Is your facility in need of additional meeting or classroom space, but there's no room in the budget to add on to the building? I'm Glenn Trahan, owner of Modern Fold Door and Specialties and proud sponsor of KATH 910AM. Modern Fold Door and Specialties can solve your space division problems by installing operable walls to create additional spaces. We also provide repair and service. You can contact us at 214-357-2572 for a free consultation or trwfamily.com. God bless. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus.
Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.